Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. LB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Just very excited that we are now on three days a week. We get to really... Uh, go a little more in depth on uh, the happenings around the league and we're going to be uh, really hitting quite a few players and teams here in this episode. We've got some extension talk. We're going to talk about the arbitration meetings that occurred yesterday and we are also going to be talking about the uh, new rules that are set in place and some other fun stuff of course as always. So very excited for the episode. Uh, LJ how, how have you been doing? Good? Good. Very ready for this, actually. I just, like, was really wanting to just keep talking after our last episode Monday. So now, actually, um, especially now having to gotten to having get, dear Lord, certainly not ready to talk today, but um, what else is new? Um, now having seen somebody hit a ball with a stick live for the first time this year, I am very amped up to get started with this. I ended up uh, driving out to Worcester State yesterday to see the LaSalle softball team play. So I'm all I'm all gamed up. I'll tell you, I mean, Brandon, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Northeast baseball in the spring hits different. There's nothing better than playing in 30-degree weather. <laughs> no, but no, but like seriously, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like I get those 50-degree days where it's like it's cold, but like you put a jacket, uh, yeah. sweatshirt on, and it's like the cold almost radiates around you and you don't feel cold. It just it just slaps so hard. Well, LJ, I can't wait for me and you to get back in town and be able to watch our high school uh, play more games. Uh, oh, for sure. Very excited. But 
Let's talk about some pro baseball. LJ, uh, I'm going to kind of let you send me uh, the schedule for the show, what you wanted to do. I'm going to let you uh, take over. What are we talking about here, LJ? Yeah, let's start by running through some of these extensions. Of course, this, yeah, just yesterday, Tuesday, was the day for all of the arbitration cases to get filed. So everyone either got an extension or filed their arbitration hearing just in these last couple days. The most notable one came, I think, Monday night, just a little bit after we finished with our show here. And Ryan McMahon gets a pretty sizable, chunky, chunky, so to say, uh, extension from the Colorado Rockies. I believe it ended up uh, six years, $70 million. And, I mean, first off, great on him. Great for this guy who really stepped up and became a very good third baseman in place of Nolan Arenado having been traded out before last season, of course. Um, I, I can think of very few third basemen that are better defensively. I mean, Nolan Arenado, of course, but like past that, no one had very few people had a better year when you look at stuff like outs above average defensive war, all of that than this guy did. So he definitely deserves money. He deserves to be, playing in the hot corner for Colorado long-term. Brandon, what were your early thoughts? Well, LJ, I can't really, you know, come to terms that I'm actually going to be saying this, but I think the Rockies made a great move here. And when you look at how this contract is is broken down, yeah, six years, 70 million. LJ, only 5 million this year, 9 million next year. And then twelve million in 2024 and 2025, then 16 million in 26 and 27. And if he finishes in the top five of MVP in the next three years, in any of the next three years, he gets to opt out. He has the right to opt out after the 2025 season. And I just think that this is a great contract for the Rockies because you know that uh like year after year players are getting paid more and more money. So why not make a contract backloaded like that? Especially because the payrolls are going to be higher. Uh, the luxury tax lines are going to be higher uh, in those years. So why not set up the contract like this? It's better for the player too, because you're getting more uh, money, even if your performance starts to go downhill. Honestly, a great move for both sides. And when you when you look at this guy on like like the stats and like LJ was saying, um, he's a real solid piece to that Rockies team. He's only 27 years old, and um, if he can get the offense turned around a little, he can be a very valuable player. And he was already a four WAR player last year. Absolutely. Um, as for you're talking about backloading that contract, I think the silliest thing in sports is a flat contract. Anyone giving out flat rates is really doing it wrong because you need to set yourself up for success at some point in time. I mean, let's talk about the inverse of this of situation where it would be good to front load a contract. Let's say we're in Baltimore. Let's say they've got a budget that they've set and they're squarely under it. They're like 10 million, 12 million under their budget. And they know that they're going to want to lock up a guy like Cedric Mullins. You give Cedric Mullins an extension now where the bulk of that money is at the beginning. And then you're not going to have to necessarily worry about paying him as much when you're actually ready to contend. 
as for Colorado's case, they're clearly here. They're wanting to spend and they're wanting to spend right now. So by getting some of the McMahon money out of the way now, it frees them up for other areas, which we've seen with stuff like Chris Bryant right now. That's great. But as for the MVP thing, that's what made me so excited to talk about this deal because how often do you really see something like this where a team gives so many incentivized opt-outs with the MVP thing? Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen, or at least I don't remember seeing a contract directly linked to MVP votes before, at least this heavily. Yeah, uh, and I think it's it's a great incentive to give the player, uh, especially now where, you know, it's like, okay, year after year, you're going to be making more money. And also, if any, in any of the next three years, if you can uh, come top five in MVP, which we've seen crazier things happen in the MVP voting than someone like Ryan McMahon finishing in the top five. Uh, uh, and it could really be a realistic goal. I'd say these next two years are going to be his athletic prime. It's usually your age 27 through age 29 is where you really hit your peak. Some guys a little prior to that, some guys after that. I think he's a real valuable player, and in the grand scheme of things, if the most money you're going to have to pay him in a year is $16 million, uh, it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, I think the MVP situation, I would also really like to see this translate towards bigger stars as well. Because it, it just it allows flexibility and it really is this is a good incentive to push for. The majority of the incentive stuff we see is innings pitched or plate appearances, stuff related to health. This is flat out related to performance and what whether or not he stays on this contract. I could easily see Let's talk about this hypothetical. If you can think of a name, go ahead. 27-year-old hitting the market. 27, 28-year-old hits the market. You have an opportunity to give him six, eight years. You could easily say if you're not getting the, uh, like if you're not the clear front runner, you're not the clear favorite for like a Carlos Correa, let's say. You can offer him and say, hey, if you finish top five in MVP in any of the first three, four years on this contract, you can opt out after year four. And then all of a sudden they see the opportunity. They're basically going to get two full-on contracts or two huge contracts with the security of one by picking up one of these deals. If this is, again, if this is going to remain legal from years on, years on and years on, which I don't see why it wouldn't, this is a opportunity that a lot of teams need to take up. Absolutely. Uh, also, one last thing about his his uh, defense. He led the National League in defensive war. Also, LJ, uh, the way that they calculate a defensive war on baseball reference is something called total zone runs. It's a little bit of different than outs above average, but somewhat s- similar. Excuse me. Um, he was fourth in the National League for total zone runs as a second baseman. And fifth for total zone runs as the third baseman in the National League. So he only played 52 games at second, 113 at third. Just someone who's really versatile and, uh, like I said, really, really valuable, I think. And a natural defender, too. Because, yes, yes, there's a lot of utility guys who can play multiple positions. But to be able to produce on that level with a stat like that – 
at multiple positions and to produce that much at second base in so few games really sheds a light on how instinctive he is just across the diamond. Absolutely. All right. Well, next up we have um, the Matt Chapman deal. I was trying to figure out how to describe this while also coming off nice. Matt Chapman receives a two-year, $25 million extension that will, of course, see him through this season and next season with the Toronto Blue Jays. That's fine and dandy. I mean, that's certainly value when you consider his defense and his offensive production last year. That's that's a fair, fair offer. But what I'll absolutely chuckle over is the fact that a few weeks ago, we we're finding out that he turned down at some point before last season, a 10 year, $150 million contract from the Oakland athletics, the Oakland athletics were willing to give this guy $150 million. He said no, and ends up with 25. Well, to be fair, and I was being a little harsh on him when I first saw this and I was texting you saying that I really didn't think that he was that valuable anymore. He was still a three and a half war player last year, and he hit uh, 210 batting average, 314 on base percentage. He was a league average hitter with a 100 OPS plus, 27 homers. He struck out 202 times and was still a three and a half war player and won the gold glove. Uh, you know. I hope the offense can turn it around, but really since 2019, it's just gone downhill um, in those 700 or so plate appearances he's had since then. The 10 years, $150 million is is really interesting to me because, like, yeah, the A's are definitely not one of the franchises that a lot of players want to play for, but you're getting 10 years and $150 million which at some point if you feel like that you are really that underpaid you could always you know request a trade or something like that it's not been as we you know we haven't seen it not done where a player's on a big contract and wants out i mean or that you can't trade it so i don't know that's just kind of how i see it i think that not that so, big a contract either we're talking about 15 million a year right yeah like exactly I, I just, yeah, I don't see how anyone in their right mind could possibly turn down a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars is practically sitting on the table in front of you and you have the balls to say no. Like th this is the exact case that a guy like Fernando Tatis is, was worried about. This is the exact case that a guy like Evan Longoria years ago was worried about. These guys that sign early on, buy out some of their arbitration years and go long-term with teams. Sure, they're going to be underpaid at some point, probably, but they're guaranteeing themselves life-changing money. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the players want the most amount of money, of course. So it's understandable for a guy like Ronald Acuna in a few years to be unhappy with how he's being paid because he will be significantly underpaid for what he should be making. Same yeah, with Ozzy Albies. But they both, I'm sure, at least understand that they decided to play it safe. Yeah. And overall, the other thing too is... Wander Franco played it safe. Yeah. And the majority of these guys, yes, they're going to be underpaid, 
but they're going to be underpaid for so such a short amount of time in the grand scheme of things. I mean, first off, with the amount of like advertising deals and all the stuff that these guys get, a guy like Ronald Acuna, a guy like Wander Franco in a, f- a few years from now, especially the better his English gets, they're, they're going to have so many opportunities outside of baseball that that money is going to end up being largely insignificant to them. But the other thing too is you're talking about Ronald Acuna at 2026. I mean, yes, that's a long time away, but he's still going to be in his prime. He's going to get another bag. And this time, whether it's with the Braves or somebody else, he can ride this thing for it as much as it's worth this next time. But the first time through, you at least guaranteed yourself that you're going to get a good chunk of money and your family is going to be able to live on a good chunk of money, regardless of what happens in your MLB career. Absolutely. Well put. All right. um, who's um, next? Moving on, we've got uh, Ryan Bl- uh, Richard Blier. Blier. Oh, dear. Um, Richard Blier signs a two-year extension with the Miami Marlins over this last couple of days, too. Brandon, this is one of their best relievers last year. It's definitely good to bring that, him back as you try to spend more and look at more options to become more competitive with this extra spot. Yeah, this guy, I remember when he used to pitch on the Yankees back in 2016. Uh, he was just kind of like a – we just threw him in there whenever. Uh, for his career, 249 innings pitched, a 149 ERA plus. So he's 49% better than the league average pitcher at preventing runs. Uh Great move for the Marlins. Really not that expensive in the grand scheme of things. And for a team that is has a really strong starting rotation, I feel, and it's only going to get a better uh, as the years go on and they get some of those prospects in there, like Sixto Sanchez and uh, I believe Asa Lacey is, on, uh, is in that farm system as well. Um, they have a lot coming up and so why not solidify the back end of the bullpen let's not forget i know we didn't talk about it on this show but the marlins also got jorge soler uh which i thought was was a was a good move as well but yeah this is a good deal of of a business for miami yeah and again you talked about this not being that big a contract this is a really like strangely small contract i think again not a ton of sample size but it just feels like he has been good everywhere he goes i mean with the exception of that 2019 season he has a 5-3 era and 55 innings everything else about uh blair is really good it's been really really good and so you get this guy at uh two years six million with a team option at 3.75 million for a third year this guy is clearly a back end of his career peak guy with the pitchers we talk about it you're either going to end up being really good through your athletic prime or you're going to find the second wind and become the best pitcher that you are from like 32 to 40 and so that's that's clearly his case and they're going to be able to take control of the majority of that with very little consequence this guy uh is a clear ground ball pitcher i mean i'm looking at the splits for his entire career Ground ball percentage, 63%. The fly ball percentage is only 12.2. So this guy, you bring him in 
He's going to get the ball on the ground. Definitely a guy that you want to bring in when there's there's runners on base uh, or you have the potential for a double play. And those are the guys that kind of get swept under the rug by the analytics now, LJ. You know, everyone's looking for the guys that are throwing 100 and, and are getting strikeouts. Don't forget about the guys who get the ball on the ground consistently because they still have a place in the game. Absolutely, Brandon. We were talking about throwing a few names around um, before of guys that ended up finalizing a some sort of dollar amount for this year. Not anything long term, not a multi year extension, but there were a couple names we thought of. Brandon, do you want to start uh, talk a little about Trey Turner? Yeah. So arbitration was yesterday, where the teams and the players try to come to an agreement on how much. The players should be paid during their arbitration years. Um, some of the biggest names that reached settlements for their 2022 salary, uh, Trey Turner got the most out of any player in arbitration. He got $21 million. Juan Soto got $17.1 million. Rafael Devers, $11.2 million. Um, and Josh yeah. Hader, $11 million. Oh, sorry. Um, I also want to mention in there Josh Bell to ten million for the Nats. Wow, that's, that's a big number, number for him. Also, Edwin Diaz got ten point two million. That's a lot for a closer to get, especially when we talk about some of these other uh, guys and what they got. Um, LJ, anyone that stands Soto out. Real quick. Let, yeah, let's go to Soto real quick. Seventeen point one million in year two of arbitration. That's a massive number. Huge, huge. Yeah. And for reference, again, this isn't – I'm not thinking of a second-year guy here. I'm thinking of a first-year guy here in Shane Bieber. He is second – yes, he's first-year arbitration. He gets $6 million. How is he only first-year arbitration? Um, yeah, first-year arb-eligible. That is strange. And, you know, you look at the innings, and it feels like he definitely should be more because he's done. he did 100 innings his rookie year at 23. Yeah, but he only had 96 last year, so. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, that's true, true, true. Um, either way, though, again, this is a guy who's going to see a significant increase next year when he is an absolute stud again. But he's not going to reach seventeen million. You're not going to jump from six million to seventeen million year one to two. That's how ridiculous this is. And one of these guys has the what's considered to be the top award that they're in their area. Shane Bieber has a Cy Young. Juan Soto doesn't have an MVP. Yeah. And as much as, yes, I, I'm very much in support of pitchers winning MVP as well, but that little lineup there really says something about what they're thinking about Soto, that they're able to give him 17, while a guy who has been the best at his position in his league gets six his first year. That's a... Uh, 
really interesting disparity, even considering the year's gap between the two. And look at a guy like Vladdy Jr., who's a super two. So he gets a fourth year of arbitration. So he gets it starting his second year. Highest player that's... So it's all non-super two players above him. And then he's the highest super two player. It's basically just with the most service time uh, through your first few seasons. 7.9 million. He got more than Reese Hoskins. Got more than Pete Alonzo, who got 7.4 million. Brandon Woodruff, 6.8, uh, which is pretty good. I'm just, there was something that was surprising to me. Oh, yeah, Corbin Burns got less than Brandon Woodruff, yet Corbin Burns literally won the Cy Young and Brandon Woodruff didn't, and they have almost identical amount of service time. Uh, Glaber Torres getting more than Shane Bieber is, is crazy, but, uh, yeah, just... It's interesting to see these these numbers because there's a lot of good players on this list. I mean, Cody Bellinger, 17 million after the performance he had last year. I'm surprised that they were able to come to an agreement on that number. Even for Shane Bieber, like I would have been asking well, for more. I just don't. Yeah, I feel like for LA though, I mean, you already know what this guy is capable of, and if money is no expense, at least keep him happy. Exactly. Yeah. No, I get but, it. On that note, because, I mean, he certainly is a guy that should be in this conversation at some point. Maybe we won't touch on him today. But let's talk about the guys that we were really expecting or really hoping would get some form of long-term deal by the end of Tuesday. I want to start start with this guy. I'm not meaning to pick on you, but I flat out sent you a text when I saw it. This hadn't gotten done because I was genuinely surprised. Joey Gallo avoids arbitration, but does not sign a long-term deal with the New York Yankees. I am genuinely shocked that this hadn't happened yet. I mean, again, it's not, it's not a terrible thing. I'm not like panicked for the Yankees per se. I was just somewhere in my head. It got crossed around that that deal had been negotiated and decided upon sometime after that trade had happened. Like you don't trade for a guy in his, that was his fifth year. So this was, this will be his sixth year of service time. You don't trade for a guy in this situation and not ex- extend him quickly. And it's especially strange because when you look at the outfield class for free agency next year, uh, it's really not like the best. I mean, you have Joey Gallo, you have Mitch Haniger, uh, and then really past that, it's AJ Pollock if he doesn't take his player option. Uh, Michael Brantley, Andrew Benintendi, like these these aren't like big names that I can. The only player I could imagine the Yankees maybe going after to replace Joey Gallo is Mitch Haniger, but that's but that's not a quality replacement. That's not a worthwhile replacement for the guy. No, it's not. Um, you know, it depends how they want to proceed with the building of this team because right now it's obviously very heavy on the strikeout, home run, and walk, you know, the three true outcomes. Maybe for whatever reason the Yankees pass on signing Joey Gallo. Perhaps they sign Aaron Judge to a short-term high AAV deal and just maybe make a run at a guy like Trey Turner. I mean, I, I don't know at this point. Maybe a Cattell Marte. I mean, you know, you can kind of stick him wherever, but he's on a club option. Like, that's probably going to get picked up. So, I don't know. It's it's strange to me, but 
I think the Yankees are still kind of waiting to see what Joey Gallo can do because he had a very rough stretch with us. Yeah, it just feels weird to have Joey Gallo be the guy that you pass on because of the high strikeout, high home run identity if you're trying to go away from that because he does bring value in other ways. Yes, it's frustrating the way he plays on offense, but that defensively, he's as good as ever. So, and again, really can play all three positions. So I think he definitely, like, he wouldn't be the first guy I'd consider not starting or not having on the team if we're talking about these big home run hitters. But you mentioned Judge there. Brandon, what are your thoughts on what's going on there? They end up going to arbitration. They're $4 million apart on this. Just pay him. Come on. I mean, for everything he's done, he he played 2021. He shut up everyone who said he couldn't stay healthy for a full season. Uh, the guy is has played, I mean, other than the 2020 season, which was just a wreck for him, which was still great production. You can't say he's not one of the best players in the league. He's got, you know, I don't need to talk about him, but just just pay the guy. I mean, he's clearly the best player, our best hitter. Just just pay him. Um, I just need a little more information about what's going on here. Like, there hasn't been a lot out of this other than a deal might be working towards something. A deal is definitely not being done anytime soon. That's basically all we've heard about these negotiations thus far. I'd like to know what Aaron Judge is asking for here because the only thing I could see being a realistic hangup for the New York Yankees with this production is a long-term deal, like like a 10-year, 8-year deal. Because, look, this guy deserves all the money in the world. Brandon, you're 100% right. One of the best players in the game. But the fact of the matter is, with his body type going into his 30s, already has had health concerns before. I'm not saying that he can't like he's a guy who can't stay healthy, but he is more fragile than other players. That's that is fair to say. So what's and, stopping us from doing like a deal that like a Carlos Correa got a high well, AAV short term deal? The only thing that's stopping you is Aaron Judge potentially because if you were to sign him to let's say he wants a ten year deal and the only thing he's going to want is a ten year deal. If I'm the Yankees, you're risking either having a big contract that you're going to have him missing half the games each year for the majority of it because he's not staying healthy or he's going to be less effective than normal, which is I think a lot of what we saw this year, or at least that was my complaint with Aaron judge this year. They were so focused on him being healthy that he lost almost all of his defensive value in my eyes. Like he went from being a really, really good defensive right fielder to being a guy who, you know, you were only, you were taking everything very cautiously in the field with all the time. And so I don't see somebody who's only able to really play at half speed and stay up to be able to stay on the field. I'd rather him play at half speed and stay out there than not, but I can't give that guy 10 years. Yeah, no, I wouldn't give him 10. I, I don't even know how I would feel about eight. I mean, there has to be some sort of deal that you can come to though. I mean, if if he left, Yankee fans would would lose it. Right. I mean, it is part of the the business, and we see good players leave teams like Freddie Freeman left the Braves. But it would be it'd be bad for the fan base. Um, speaking of 
players, if they left, would riot. Let's move over to Rafael Devers now because that is the exact same situation that the Yankees have. Same thing in Boston here. Only difference is, no, same year, right? Same year of arbitration? Devers is a free agent after 2023. Yeah. And Judge is too, correct? No, Judge is a free agent after this season. Oh, okay. Either way. Similar um, though, very similar. Very similar situations because like you're, if you're the Red Sox, if you're Heim Bloom, you're in a very precarious situation. Yes, you got the story deal and everyone's excited about that. But Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers are beloved by this fan base. And if you lose them, they will riot. And they will turn, if they haven't already turned against this front office and they're not going to be patient with this process, they'll 100% be out. Frankly, I'll probably be out if Xander Bogarts doesn't stay with the Red Sox. Well, he's on the deal through like 2025, I thought. He has an opt-out after next year. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So um, that's that's basically again that's the long that's the long play with story too is a matter of insurance because if they aren't able to figure this out if he ends up opting out and they're not able to bring him back story can play short but majority of fans are much more concerned with keeping Rafael Devers around and yeah you're right it's it's not a negotiate a negotiation you should mess around with. However, I feel a little more comfortable with this than I do with the Yankees because of, I mean, two things. First off, I'm going to reference a Heim Bloom quote from earlier today I saw, which was absolutely stone cold, which was, we have three players in this infield that we would like to see in Red Sox uniforms for a very long time. I don't see a reason to take a shot at Bobby Dahlbeck that hard, but um, it, it really does show that the front office is at least hopefully prioritizing making sure that these guys stick around everything's in line for them too but you look at the numbers judge and the yankees are four million apart the yankees are out here saying he's worth 70 17 million dollars meanwhile at least devers and the red sox were able to come to an agreement and meet at a number i think that's a better step than being four million apart yeah, uh, I, I think at that point, though, when it is your last year of arbitration, it's reasonable to ask what Judge asked for. It is. It's very Devers next year if he stays. If you guys don't extend him, um, and he and he gets arbitration next year, and he has another really good hitting season, which I imagine he will, he should be asking for somewhere near the twenty million dollar range. And I agree, both of them would be worth it. Judge is worth the $21 million he's asking for. Yeah, so is Devers. You know, I, I don't understand the Yankees coming in here at 17, especially when you're the New York Yankees and you didn't spend on that big guy. Like, you didn't go out and commit to a huge contract this offseason. What's the extra $4 million to keep your best player happy? It's like happy wife, happy life. Um Happy Judge, Happy Fudge. Um, I don't know. Sure. Happy Judge, Happy Fudge. Well, I think we got some damage done there on arbitration and that kind of stuff. LJ, do we want to talk about the new rules? Well, yes, not new please. rules, but new announcement of rules. The, the back street is back, guys. 
LJ, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association have reached a tentative agreement to bring the extra innings ghost runner back for the 2022 season, reports Joel Sherman of the New York Post. Additionally, they have agreed to expand active rosters from 26 to 28 players this season until May 1st. And also, there is the Shohei Otani rule, which if a team uses the same player as both that day's starting pitcher and as their DH, he can remain in the game as a hitter even after being removed from the mound. That was made so that Shohei Otani can stay in the lineup when he goes deep uh, into games that he starts and then can get pulled and remain in the lineup. LJ, I'm never going to be a supporter of the runner on second rule, but I, I, I guess it's fine. It makes the games end quicker. Um, but everything else I think is, is awesome. The 28 players until May 1st, you're going to need it because the pitching this spring, I'm not sure if people have been watching spring training games, it's, it's bad. I mean, these, these pitchers have no control over anything that they're throwing uh, yet. So to have a few extra arms out of the bullpen will definitely be uh, helpful. Yeah, overall, again, we're talking about pace of play. The runner on second base just makes too much sense right now because not only do you not have something like the pitch clock that's going to cut down that pace quite a bit and keep things competitive before extra innings, or at least competitive, what I mean by that is competitive for people's attention, but the runner on second base is just as much about their, these guys' arms. If you get these 17 inning games where the entire pitching staff is getting used, these guys are getting used for multiple innings, none of their arms are going to be ready to take that, at least for the first two months of the season at minimum. So it just makes too much sense with everything that went on this year to bring it back just one more year at least and get through. Now, I honestly have a little bit of a hard time with the Otani rule. I don't like it all that much because what I, what I see is it's going to be more often and more um, frequent that you see players and stuff doing the two-way. I definitely think that. But all of the other two-way guys that are talked about or have done all play a position in the field other than pitcher. Like, they're not going to be just a pure DH. Um, Jake Cronenworth can play just about anywhere. Alex Verdugo, two, three Jake years. Jake Cronenworth is not going to pitch, like, realistically. Good. No, but no, but like, I, I again, this is, actually, you're feeding right to my point, because my next example is going to be Alex Verdugo in two to three years, if he has his way, can still play the outfield after he gets done on the mound. But um, it, it just, it only affects Shohei Otani. This yeah, is that the it's only the Shohei Otani rule. It's the, but it, it's different than, like, other rules that are named after guys because they're the ones that's the primary beneficiary. He is the sole beneficiary. The league changed the rules to make this guy better and to make this guy more effective. I love it. I love it. I love Otani. You... I just don't see that as fair. The other thing you're losing, you're losing with the this, angels aren't going to make the playoffs anyways. It doesn't I know, matter. <laughs> part of me, honestly, the b- biggest reason I'm mad is the huge fantasy value you lose. Yeah. Brendan, we forget that Shohei Otani can play right field. 
the solution to this is just stick him out in right field if you really need his bat in the lineup for a couple innings. They did it last year, and it's not that hard. What's really the worst that could happen by doing it? I don't see much harm there. So let him do it. All of a sudden, he'll get his outfield eligibility, and he'll be an absolute nightmare for fantasy offenses. LJ is scheming right now. but Fantasy managers are going to be irate about this Otani rule. Especially seeing, especially seeing most of them don't get points for his hitting stats on nights that he pitches anyways. So this is absolutely useless for them. But I digress. LJ, one last thing, because I know that you'll be very sad to hear this. Just broke a few, about an hour ago. LJ, the RBI man himself, you know who that is, right? The Matt R- Beattie. Matt Beattie got Matt the RBI man Beattie. Got DFA'd by the Dodgers. It's a sad day, but you know what? This this roster, there's just too many guys. There's too many dogs. He had I'm a not... 765 OPS last year in 234 plate appearances. It's like, sorry, you're just not good enough for this roster. You can't even stay on our 40, man. It's crazy, but you know what? This is better for us. This makes better content for MLB Daily because... I give you a hundred percent chance that Matt, the RBI man, BD, ends up on another major league team this year. He and has he's to. Gonna, he's actually a good hitter. Like he's, he's a, good a good hitter. Good he's a good player and plays multiple positions. So he will be on a team, and he will rake, and we will get to see and talk about him more. It's the best. It's best thing you could ask. I I, I love this man. I, I want to pull up where he had like what was it like 20 rbis in a week or something (laughs) Something. it was ridiculous it was like that was like may wasn't it so may 2nd he he went four for six and had seven rbis and then there was like another game where he just went mental oh yeah in the last game of the year i'm pretty sure he hit like a grand slam like a pinch hit like or he might have pinch hit at some point i have no idea but he is the RBI man, Matt Beattie, uh, now no longer on the Dodgers, but still in our Dodger RBI man, Matt Beattie. Absolutely. Well, LJ, do we have anything else we want to talk about? No, I think that's just about it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Be sure to check us out on TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. We've been posting a lot of content over there. Go and interact with it. Let us know what you think, including clips from the podcast where you can actually see our faces and you can put a face to the voices. Uh, Excited to keep talking uh, on Friday about, hopefully, LJ, we'll be able to talk a little bit about what's been going on in the games uh, now that there isn't much in between today and Friday, but we can get into a little spring training stuff. And then next week uh, is the last week of spring training, LJ. It's coming quick, so I'm excited. All right, so I guess we'll see you. We'll see you. Have a good one.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.